I hope you're ready. Go ahead. Give it to the Lord. Praise Him right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. And yes, I want to thank everybody that came out yesterday to work. And I know a lot of you wanted to be here and you had other things going. And I honor that. And um, this is, I was sharing with uh, Don. Don's an amazing man, by the way. He's an amazing man of God. They wave at me so they know who I'm talking about. He, he, now, here's the thing. Don doesn't want the recognition, so we'll stop at that. But I was sharing with him yesterday that um, this place is representative of something, and it's really representative of Christ crucified, resurrected, and God his Father and the Holy Spirit that's in us and amongst us now. I mean, that's what this church is. The church itself, the building uh, should be representative of who he is. And so as we spent time working here yesterday, I really thank you guys because this is representative of how we truly do care about God our Father and how he cares about us. So today we're heading into uh, the, the latter part of the series, Better, Jesus is Greater. And this has been an, an incredible, awesome week. I've had days where you start off the morning and it's like, yeah, God, and by the afternoon it's like, please, God, and and uh, and that's kind of how the week has gone. And but he's been in it. And what's so exciting about the season that you're in and I'm in right now is it's a season that tells me there's a promise of future. Now, now hear me. The reason you go through the things that you go through is to prepare you for the future that's abundant. There's an abundant future. Who believes God desires abundance in your life. Who wants the abundance that God has for you in your life? We do, right? And it's going to be awesome. In fact, some of us are living in some abundance right now, right? The abundance he has for you is incredible. Now, I want to tell you, there's, there's something that doesn't want you to encounter or live out that abundant life. Um, let me tell you about a, a short story. Um, a couple of days ago, my wife and I and, and Stephanie Dollar, we were going to go pray with an individual. And we're out here in the parking lot of the church getting ready. I think we just returned. And there was a dove sitting in the parking lot kind of close to us. And I wasn't sure if it was injured or what was going on because it didn't seem too afraid of us. And I'm watching this dove sit there in the parking lot. This was on Friday. And so um, the little boy in me said, I need to go run over to it and kind of scare it off. Um, but as I'm watching this dove, I just watched it and watched it, curious if it was uh, injured or sick. So uh, I started to take some steps towards it, and it wasn't really moving too quickly, and took a few more steps towards it, and, and eventually it, it flew off. So we continued in our conversation, and as we had this convert, as we were continuing to talk, all of a sudden behind me, I could hear kind of like this thump, and I turned to see feathers flying. And as I see these feathers flying, I'm seeing a larger bird chasing this dove as they head off. And, and uh, I don't know the end of the story. Sorry about that. But this morning and heading into this, so I was studying Monday and Tuesday for Sunday for today. And, and, uh, and the message that I was studying was really not what God was downloading all week long. So finally, I just submitted to... Um, and, and I admit 
I, I am human, and I have a hard time sometimes submitting to what God wants to do because I have an agenda. And so I, I, I've, I've tried to lay down that agenda today. It's not my agenda, it's his. And so as we've started heading into this week, and I've become very apparent, it's become very apparent to me that there's many of you, many of us right now that feel like that dove, that feel like that out of the blue, something has preyed upon us and has attacked us or hit us. And, and I will tell you that the hawk that attacked the dove was not, the dove was not created by the hawk. The dove was created by our Heavenly Father, God. But there are predators amongst us. And the predators do not want you to inhabit territory. And, and so there's maybe some of you here today that are saying, you know, life has been hard lately. In fact, life was good and then all of a sudden it got hard. Is that true for any of us? Does it all of a sudden seem like, bam, I just got hit by a hawk? In fact, I might have some wounds from it and the feathers are flying. Is that for anybody? Because I can go back to the old message if that's that for anybody this morning. So, today's message is Jesus is greater than the predator. Jesus is greater than those things that would prey upon you. Jesus is greater than the things you are encountering right now. Now, I, I also would say Jesus is greater than your faith. That's a good thing. Because sometimes our faith is very, very small. Sometimes our faith is so small that we will hover and retreat and withdraw because sometimes our faith uh, is not enough but with God and Jesus being greater than our faith in him our faith is enough outside of him your faith is not enough in the message now where do I get that I'm going to start, I'm going to read some, through some, a lot of Scripture today. I want you to, I didn't mark up a lot of Scripture. This, this, was, this came last night, this message, and I, and I want to really encourage you today. Before I get to the Scripture, when we come under these attacks, or when we come into this place that is hard, there's a tendency to want to withdraw to a, a, a safe place. And that in and of itself is correct. You should withdraw into a, you should go to a, I should say, scratch that word withdraw, you should go to a safe place. When you come under attack, you should be in a safe place. You should be protected. You should be safe. Who likes to be safe? I mean, I like to be safe. I like to run around within the playground and know that inside that playground, I am safe. In fact, today in the natural, you can see it. Even the playgrounds of our schools today have not become safe. There's a fear that's crept in. Even in the safest schools, there's a fear that's crept in because of attacks. And so what, was, what, what happens is 
then there's a scrambling that goes on. People start running this way and that way, trying to figure out what is the safest place, safest way to exist. And so when we come into these places of, of attacks or discouragement or, or hurt or weariness, we tend to want to get to that safe place by withdrawing. And, and, and as a, a pastor, I, I truly love you. I care for you. I get excited every Sunday when I see you here. Sunday service is like this for me. It's kind of a, an emotional time in the natural. The service starts and half of you are here. This isn't being critical. This is just I'm stating facts. And, and it's like, oh, I hope so-and-so. And then I turn around and, oh, they're here. And, oh, they're here. And, oh, good, they're all here. And then I get excited, right? I don't even know where I was going with that. I guess I'm just so happy to see you all. But there's a tendency that when we come under these attacks that we want to withdraw to the safe place, the place that we've designed and that we've made up. And, and this is where I was going with that. I care deeply for you. In fact, I, I love seeing you. And I want to almost give you permission to withdraw and go to that safe place. But then God started stirring up within me all week long that, no, don't allow them to withdraw. In fact, encourage them and challenge them and exhort them to press in to the safest place. Which means pressing in is going to take energy. It's going to take an act of your will to say, I am going to press in to the safe place. And that safe place is in His presence and in His will, and in His authority. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. Everywhere you go, He'll be there. But you have to press in to that. And when you press into that safe place, on the other side of that is this amazing breakthrough, the abundance that I was talking about earlier that we all believe in, that we all desire, but then the attacks come. The hawk swoops down and hits us. Feathers go flying, and it's like, okay, now we got to go to our safe place. And I want to encourage you today that there is no life in your safe place. There is no life in the withdrawal. There's only life in the pursuit and the pressing in of His presence. So now let's go to Scripture. We go to, and we're going to skip ahead uh, for you in the, in the booth so that you know where I'm at, we're going to James chapter 2. And we're going to go through, starting at verse 14, we're going to go through several scriptures. And this is the passage that uh, if you are reading scripture and you've gotten to a place in your life where you, you have a good habit of reading your Bible every day and a good job, and if you're not there, keep pressing in, you'll get there. But if you're there, I'm going to ask you to go to another level, and this other level is a level of Scripture memorization. Start, start writing Scripture on your heart. Because this week as we came into it and I started to really sense in the Spirit what was going on, this is a passage that came to, back to me because it was one that I had memorized earlier in my years. And it's found in James 2, verse 14. This is the New Living Translation, so it may appear differently to some of us that memorized it in King James uh, in LCA school. Anyhow... But verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 14. 
What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. In verse 16, it says, and you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. Yesterday, I read the scripture this morning, and, and I'm standing before you today very convicted. And so I'm going to try to take action on that this week. I went to go get gas after our workday yesterday, and I'm over at the gas station, and a, and a homeless individual that I know of in town, I see him there, and, and he looks over, and he says, and I was going to say something to him, but I didn't. I, wasn't, I wanted to say something, but I was withdrawn from doing so, and it was the flesh in me, and, and lo and behold, he says hi to me. He doesn't know me, he just said hi, and so as I started to then converse with him, I he has a deep desire to be right, just right in life. And so we had a 10, 15-minute conversation, and, but we parted ways. He's still where he's at, still on the street, and we parted ways. And, and this week, I'm going to work hard to at least see if there's a play. I, I believe God puts people in our paths on purpose. And if we'll open our eyes to see what he's doing and take action, we'll see good results, God results from that. And so anyhow, this week, I, as I read this verse, I'm challenged that this week I need to do something on behalf of that individual. So in verse 16, it says, and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Verse 17, so, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Verse 19, you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Verse 21 says, Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. Finally. And so it happened, just as the Scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God continued, accounted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. We've been talking about being a friend of God for the last couple weeks. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. The, this whole passage I just read through is generally in your Bible, you'll see it themed that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Now, does works save me? No, I cannot be saved because I did really good today. Because momentarily, I'll do really bad. And if I think that if I try to be good enough to make it to heaven, as we know, that is not enough. Goodness does not get you to heaven. 
Belief gets you into heaven. Goodness does not. Desiring to be right with God causes you to be a good person. But let me talk about faith and works. If faith without works is dead, then faith with works is life. And, and he doesn't promise us just any life. He promises us an abundant life. So if we know that he has already designed an abundant life for each and every one of us, then what we ought to be doing is living a life of faith and works. And what does that look like? Well, that looks like when we are getting hit, that we continue to press in. When we are getting attacked, we continue to press in. When you feel like life is getting harder and harder, and I've been, Lord, I believe in you. How many have said that? God, I believe in you. How is this happening to me? How is it possible that that this happened in my life if you're my God? I mean, and God's a big God. You can have those conversations with him. I don't think you're going to uh, knock him off his throne. If you're having concerns with the Lord, take it to the Lord and talk to him about your concerns because he already knows what's in your heart. You might as well talk it out with him. I mean, that's what good counsel is all about, is talking it out. We've been in those places where you and I both have been in those places where, where all of a sudden it's like, God, how can this even, how can you even be present if this is what's going on in my life? And I will tell you over and over again that God is good all the time. All the time, God is good, right? I don't even know where that saying came from, but I just, we all know it. God doesn't cause bad things to happen, but God is the great redeemer. He can take anything that is bad in your life and turn it to good. He can take any attack from the enemy, any attack from the predator, and he can turn it to good. But the good can only happen in God, which means then as an act of our will, we have to step by faith one foot after the other we have to keep moving forward and keep pressing in. Go, we used to do this teaching in the corporate world about going below the line for a moment. We'd get into meetings, and if the meetings were just long complaint sessions, we wanted to manage that a little bit and make sure that not the entire meeting was wasted on complaining. And so we would allow them to go below the line for 10 minutes. We can complain for the first 10 minutes of the meeting. Complain all you want. And as soon as the 10 minutes is up, now we're going to go back into solving the issues. It's okay to go to God and say, God, this is hard. I don't like this. That hurt. And it does hurt. And it is hard. And and you're not going to like it. But God is good in all his ways. And in God, you can find good and you can find breakthrough in whatever it is you're going through. But you have to step out in faith, not just having faith, but taking action in faith. Faith with works is life and not any life, but abundant life. And church, I know that what God has in store for us is abundant. I know it in my, as my grandfather would say, I know it in my knower. It is going to be abundant. And what we're going through right now has to happen because guess what? We're going to go through this 
over and over and over and over. You getting excited? And over again. Life's going to get hard over and over and over and over and over again. Life will be hard. Why? Because eternal life is at stake. This life is temporary. And we want to take as many in this life with us into the abundant eternal life that God has already designed for us. But we have to learn the habit of not just having faith, but taking action in our faith. And that is, you know what? Enemy, hawk, predator, the devil, the demon, the whatever it is, come at me as you might. But I'm going to continue to step out in faith because faith in action is life and abundant life it is. Church, today's a new day. It's a day of breakthrough. And breakthrough is a day, it looks like this. It looks like, you know what? I'm coming to church sometimes out of habit. But sometimes I come to church because I am choosing to go after something. And that's what today is for you and for I. Today is a day that we've come to church and we've decided we're going after something. And enemy, you can... You can You can fly around my head. You can hang out in my presence. But you can have zero impact on my future. Will you own that? Will you live that? Will you claim that for yourself today? Enemy, you have no play in my future. Do what you may. But you cannot have my future. Because my future is in him. Faith without works is dead. But church, we have a life. I don't know if, I, I, I don't have much more to say because of what I, I want this to sink in. I want us to get this. We have to press in. Third Tuesday prayer, I mean, I'm hoping we can have more than one prayer night a month because it is the most important time in the in the in the month in the week to come together and just press in and press in and contend who do you know that's not serving the lord today who do you know that was here and now they're lost because when you're under attack or you're under trial they end up not being the first one on your list and they need to be how do i know that well, I was taught years ago about priorities. Now, I got it here. I didn't necessarily get it here. I understood priorities. I get it. I was having a hard time living it. And I still, today, I, 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 I'm getting older and I'm getting better, but I'm not perfected in it. But let me tell you how I was taught about priorities and, and, and really what I would go to in just quick reference is when Jesus tells us that that we, what are the greatest two commandments that we should live out in our life? That is to love the Lord your God and then to love your neighbor. Love him first and then love your neighbor. It didn't say love me first and take care of myself and all that and then love God and then love my neighbor. It said, no, love God first and then my neighbor. But here's how priorities were taught to me. And, and it was, I should have God first in my life and my relationship with God should be number one. Say number one. God is number one. 
should always be number one in your life, should always be the one on the throne. Now, number two in my life as, as a married man my, is my spouse. Number two in my life is she should be next in line. And I should, I should serve that relationship. When I, when I move from love the Lord your God to love my neighbor, the first neighbor I need to love is my wife. Secondly now is my family. And then next in that whole line is my career, or, and then my ministry. But here's where Dougie, when he retreats back into his childhood activities and lifestyle, which, by the way, I'm very disappointed because my favorite place is going out of business, Toys R Us. I used to love to sing that song, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. There's a million toys at Toys R Us. Okay, stop. So, I... Uh, I get it messed up, though, because I, I want to take another mountain. I want to accomplish another thing. And so, so God, we're in this, and, and yeah, my family's going to be there somewhere. But let's go after career. Let's go after ministry. We can do this, da, 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 da. And then what happens is, is I don't have enough overflow for my family. Then my family will start to suffer or, or not get the time and energy that they need from their father, from me. Because there's a, there's a fear, there's a lack of faith demonstrated by my actions that I live out. My lack of faith is if I don't pour myself into my career or my ministry, then that would fall down or fail. So, lack of faith with works is dead too. Lack of faith with works in the wrong way is, is dead. So here's, here's what I started to understand as I, as I started to, to really let the knowledge of priorities move into my heart. Is that if I truly, truly, truly want to have a life that's abundant, it's going to be found in my relationships. I'm going to have an abundant life in the relationships, and they're going to be in the right priority. It's going to be God first. We're going to have deep, deep quality time together, reading his word and praying and meditating and putting him first, and it's going to be awesome, and he's going to fill my tank to overflow, and as he fills my tank to overflow, I'm going to have deep and good and meaningful relationship with my beautiful and awesome and amazing wife that's supportive. Wow, is she supportive. I mean, anybody that knows me must think she's a saint. And the next is my kids and just pouring into their lives and having deep, deep relationship with them and trusting and having the faith and then acting in that faith that everything that God has for me is more than enough to pour out to, into these relationships. Understand this, God operates in overflow. God has more than enough. And God's going to give you enough energy. He's going to give you enough time to continue to do the other things in your life that fall further down on that list that we tend to put at the top. I think, no, God, I need all the energy and all the time possible to do these other things, career and ministry. And he's saying, no, I gave you enough to do it all, but I want you to do it with faith and in the right priority. I want you to love me with all your heart, soul, and mind. 
wants you to love your neighbors, starting with your wife and your children. Build relationships with people, and you'll have enough energy, you'll have enough time to do your career and your ministry. But when you come up feeling empty, was it because of lack of faith? Was it because I tried to do it my own way, in my own knowledge, in my own understanding? And many times for me, it's yes, yes, and yes. I tried to do it on my own. I didn't put God first. I tried to make it happen. Things started to fall down around me, and all of a sudden I felt like I had to prop it all up. So I got really busy trying to prop up all the things in my life that seemed like they were falling down. But what was really happening was God was saying, you don't need this in your life, and you don't need this in your life. So I'm going to start taking these things out of your life because what do I want in your life? I want me in your life, and I want you to have good relationships in your life. And then I'll start adding to your life the things that I want you to be active in, and you'll have the overflow to do that and to do it well. What's going on today is God is right-sizing our priorities. He's not saying withdraw to that safe place that, that really is a place of nothingness and emptiness. Sometimes we get so busy with activities, and then crisis and trial hits us, So we say, okay, we're going to clean the slate. We're going to do nothing now. Well, what does nothing plus nothing equal? Nothing. So that will work until I need something and I have nothing. So that doesn't work. So it's not about cleaning the slate when crisis enters in. What it is is it's pouring more of myself into developing relationship with him first the people that are closest to me next, other relationships, and then all the other things that he operates in the overflow in. Would you like to have God working in your job in an area of overflow? Would you like to go to your job? Now, here, let me rephrase it. Would you like to go to work every day knowing that you don't have enough to give to your job, but God in you will give it the perfect amount of work? Would you like to be in that place when you go to work and you can't do your job because you have nothing left? You're like, "Uh, no, that's not really what I want to do. Well, then what if you were in that place? So you says, you know what? I don't have anything today, God. I'm, I'm drained. And he says this, do everything then. As if you were doing it for me today. And in the midst of that worship of activity, I will give you more than enough. And actually what will happen, and and I've experienced this, and I think you have too, that as you start to do everything as unto the Lord, He gives you the energy and the ability and the favor that comes out of it. It's an amazing thing. It's like, who, me? Why do I have favor? I'm nobody. I'm Dougie Zach. I like Toys R Us. I'm nobody. But God, but God, God brings favor. God brings energy. God brings an abundance because God operates in the overflow. Faith without works is dead. But if I will have faith, church, if we will have faith, Say, you know, God, I'm going to step out. Step out into your presence. 
Yes, Lord. Yes. Good word. It's a great word. Yes, yes, I'm telling him. I know, we talked about it. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. I am a kid at heart. But, I, and, and you know what? We get to be kids. <laughs> I saw the stage look really empty today, and the first thing that went through my mind is I wanted to run around on the stage because that's what kids do. They don't like running anywhere else but the stage, but anyhow. Do you understand what I'm saying today? we got to press in. I'm going to ask, you know what, I forgot, I, I changed, and I didn't tell you. But if you guys would come on up, I'd like to sing that last song again. And, and as we go through this last song this morning, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to prove it. Prove it. Prove it that you're going to step out in faith. And I'm going to ask you to come forward. And for you that, that can't stand for very long, what I'm going to ask you to do is at least move to some of the forward seats. And, and what I want to ask you to do is, is we're going to press into his presence. We're going to say, God, you saw the attack. You saw the feathers fly. And honestly, God, I saw, I've seen you in it. But, Lord, I, I'm going to give it completely to you. There was a word of uh, encouragement that came my way this week. I believe it was for the church, and it was this, is that we want to see full and complete healing in our lives. But in order for there to be full and complete healing in our lives, we have to give way to let the Lord do the complete healing, not just pieces of the healing. It, it, it's like... Uh, it's like having a, a sickness from head to toe, but I just want to get rid of the sniffles. Lord, take away the sniffles because it makes me uncomfortable. Well, no, I want the full and complete healing. I want to walk fully in your presence. I want to press in, and all the things that have held me back, God, I'm going to lay them at the altar. And I'm just going to operate in, in faith. I'm going to walk in faith and, and in your overflow. Maybe you, if you would stand and, and warm up your legs so you can get forward. But I, I'm going to tell you this, is that the Lord wants to give you freedom. The Lord wants to give you abundance. The Lord wants to give you energy. The Lord wants to encourage you and lift you up. Think about that. The Lord wants to lift you up. It's, it's going to daddy, 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 carry me, carry me. And he wants to lift you up. So this, as we go through this song and we worship him this morning, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes if you can and, and just soak into what he wants to do for you. Amen?